How am I? How am I sounding? Oh, you sound wonderful. You always sound wonderful. You sound wonderful. And you're uh, making me blush. Yeah. <laughs> well. So I know what I want to talk about today. Do you know what you want to talk about? I have a pretty good idea. I have a pretty good idea. Do you have a pretty good idea? I have a pretty good idea. I have a pretty good idea. I feel like I should like baritone my voice. Hello, everybody. This is Daniel Sotelo. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you very much. It'll be a contest to see how low everyone can go. It will be a contest to see how low everybody can go. But we can go quite low. How low can you go? Drop it, drop it low. I think we're at the bottom. Bada bing, bada boom. Like sands through the hourglass, these are the gay days of our lives, which I failed to mention last time. We just launched right into it, and I totally skipped the gay days of our lives. Do you remember that? Oi. Not good. Well, we all know. We know what it is, and it wasn't perfect. But today, Daniel said, before we even started, he said, I know what I want to talk about today. And what is that? Well, first off, you are. Who are you? Oh, boy. I, I just can't win for losing here. This is Tom. I'm speaking from the center. Carl, from the far left. And I'm Daniel, from the right. And I got the headphones on backwards, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> because I heard Carl on the wrong side. And it's another session of Pan Left, Tom, Daniel, Carl. Today's uh, Sunday, the 15th of November. 2020, and things did change again from last Sunday in the world. The world changed again. It always is. Yeah, but it changed good. I think it changed good. And what do you want to talk about today, Daniel? It's something that's been on my mind for the last, I guess, week since the last podcast was a the kind of the idea of love. Is it finite or is it indefinite? Can you, is there, does a person have an infinite, an infinite amount of love to give, whether it be romantic or just personal, like, you know, you can love someone, you can love your mother, but you don't love your mother in the same way that you love your partner or significant other, um, just as the same way you love your dogs, for example. I mean, some people love their dogs like children, but it's not romantic love. There's that whole unconditional love part with pets, and that's what a lot of people try to take over with human relationships, and I'm not sure that always works. I agree. If if my significant other started shitting in the, you know, living room, I don't know if I would love him. You know, but let's just say you you would certainly take care of it, of and course. you would take care of him. But that uh, that would change. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. Yeah, but no, he that, should that's, know better. That's the idea of uncon- unconditional love. Right, exactly. Is. I was thinking about this too because we did have a brief text conversation about this, and the microwave analogy, the microwave oven analogy, occurred to me. Never heard of it. All right, if you put a frozen dinner in the microwave for four minutes and then you take it out and stir it and put it back in for three, there's a little note at the bottom that says, if doing two dinners, add one minute or whatever that is. Yes. Because a microwave oven has a finite amount of energy that it can put into the food. And if you put more food in there, it sucks 
sucking up more energy and therefore you have to either lengthen the time or increase the energy. Mm -hmm. So is our capacity to love the same way? Does it have a finite amount of kilowatts? And if one person is using up all the kilowatts, are there any left for another person? Interesting. I, I never really thought of it that way. I well, anyone who believes in uh, in the whole concept of God and, and eternal giving would have a problem with that because they feel that love is infinite. Yeah. No, I can understand, though, for example, if a person is dealing with a you know handicapped significant other or family member that's very emotionally draining and you you're doing what you have to do to show your love and support for that individual and you mean you may not have you know love to go around to nurture your personal life or your you know your romantic life the idea that god has infinite love to give all the people and all the animals and all the plants and all the creation, all of his love, that's one thing. But we're not God. We are not omnipresent, omniscient, omni-everything. So and I, I think it is a physics problem. We only have so much electricity and electrochemistry, calories, floating yeah, you ions. You in a day or in a lifetime. Right, right. I agree. And sometimes... Um, some people require more attention or less attention. It doesn't mean you love them any less. It can just be you just don't have the, the time. Sometimes there's not an hour, enough hours in the day to nurture those relationships. Well, if you go, have to go through the minefield of human behavior and things that are going awry in a person's life, physically, mentally, emotionally, those take up a good deal of the energy that would have to be used in providing and giving and getting love. So if you spend all your time taking care of somebody who really can't do things, I'm thinking about our neighbors, I'm thinking about many, many people who have huge hills to climb in their personal relationships, still maintain a certain amount of love for each other, but most of that much of that is side-railed by care. I agree. We know a person who we, we lost, the world lost a person because he felt he could not take care of his significant other who was failing. And instead of finding a way to handle it, he ended it for himself. So... That is a thing I cannot get rid of in my mind. This happened months ago, and I still have to stop and think to myself, stop thinking about this because it's not helping you. But, um, well, you know, I think that's part of what All Souls is about. I mean, there, there we were with All Souls a week ago uh, with a shrine to Joseph. And when that happens, it brings that situation which we hadn't, had in our minds for quite some time back to us fresher from another perspective. So we're able to not deal with it any better, but deal with it again, because there are no answers. And those are things that we as humans simply cannot accept. We have to have an answer. There must be an answer, and there isn't. All these cancellations, all these things that we needed, we 
maybe we didn't think we needed them, maybe we liked them, and now we're finding out that we can't have them. Maybe we did need them, and All Souls might be one of them. I never put much stock in it. For those of you who don't live here, thinking, what are these people talking about? It's a giant procession that happens exactly, is it on the Sunday before? The Sunday. first Sunday of November. The first Sunday. Mm-hmm. So if All Saints Day happens on Monday the 1st, which last year, I think, or the year before, All Souls would happen on the 7th. Correct. Okay. They can coincide. It could. Right, right. Anyway, so it's to commemorate all the people that have died, and it's put on by any person in the city who wants to participate. Well, it's not necessarily, it's not limited by any means to people. Okay. Uh, There are pets. Yes. um, Prescott College had... Uh, a very moving uh, entry a few years ago, and it was simply butcher rap and environmental education students from the college walking down saying, "The Santa Cruz is dying, it's dying, it's dying. Mm-hmm. People carrying little yeah. cardboard fishes and yeah. raccoons, what have you. When they got to the river crossing, they all dropped on the ground, and the entire procession of 15,000 people had to walk around them. It was. Were you there for this? Were you, is that one of the years that Jeffrey was doing the AIDS quilt? Right. Okay. And it was again on the stage this year for the first time in three years. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was a backdrop. They did the whole thing uh, online, of course. Right. They, they, people, you know, um, musical acts and what have you, but it was, there was no procession and the public was really treated to a long speech. Have you ever participated in it, Daniel? I have not. I have mm. not participated in All Souls. Mm. I, I was going to say, wow, that was a great conversation <laughs> on the, you know, my contribution to the conversation. It was hard. It was, it, that was hard for us, I think, but uh, we, I felt we had to be serious. Maybe we all needed to be serious for a little bit. Last week, it was just totally nuts. We we were naked with Mauricio, <laughs> and we had a fun time. We had a fun time. There were more signs to us, though. That's it. That. That's that's part of what we're doing here. Is the gay days of our lives. Yeah, you know, whatever they are. Now, <clears throat> something else happened out on the patio today. Yes. <laughs> what, tell, tell, what, what went on out on the patio right before we started? Well, um, we were gifted a transportable sling uh, that belonged to Andy, who also is one of our friends who recently passed away. Uh, and quite quickly, mm-hmm. one day he's here, the next he's gone. And his, his partner, uh, Stuart, came down to kind of begin going through the household and there is packed with things. Uh, most of them really valuable, a lot of them very personal and that's kind of where we were today. Um, Stuart was using us to uh, reminisce and kind of I think process some of the things that he's going through himself because he's, he's fairly uh, intellectual and distant. Uh, he's uh, a serious person. Uh, so becoming emotionally uh, open is not uh, 
really his his natural way. He borders on the Spockian. Uh, he does. Maybe. Yes. <laughs> Mine's the ears. But your point is taken. No, it, he, I think he has a beard. We couldn't tell underneath the mask, yeah. but anyway. Andy passed on the 13th of May. That was of this year. And Daniel just flashed the, uh, the hand, hand signal for the Vulcan, which is you know, the two outer fingers and the inner fingers form a thick V. If you haven't seen it, you can look it up on television. So Mr. Spock used to do that. So the sling uh, we erected, pun intended, <laughs> and it did have an erecting effect on everyone. <laughs> yes, it did. Out by the pool, and we all tried it out, and we took pictures. And uh, we did have our clothes on, but we almost felt like we didn't. Yes, there will be a visual aspect to this podcast because those of you who are our uh, most ardent listeners, I'm sure you get a picture sent to you in the email. Well, I haven't sent anyone any pictures in the email, and I have not posted any pictures on the podcast, but if you would like a picture, send a self-addressed stamp, stamped envelope to tickets, The Price is Right, 7800 Beverly Boulevard, Los Angeles, California, 9 to below 36. Oh, wait, that's from another reality. I don't think they do that anymore. You can still see the prices right, but you can't write for tickets, I don't believe. But you can send us an email. You can send us an email to Gay Days of Our Lives. That's all jammed together. Gay Days of Our Lives at gmail.com. And if you do, we will send you pictures of us trying out the sling. <laughs> now, Carl, someone else uh, remarked to you about uh, the patio, our patio. You want to tell us about that? Pam. Oh, Pam. Pam. Right. Uh, yes, we took a little tour of the, uh, the small tropical garden I've got going out there. Paco, the banana tree, a couple of uh, philodendrons, um, bird paradise, large uh, stand of palm that's been there for, oh, 15 years or longer. And it's all doing well. Uh, I harvested all the chains that we had that I had slung over the back fence that came from our former swing, not a sling, um, and had just been in storage as kind of a, a a mask from the street back there. I saw it seemed very open, and these provide enough of a screen so that it looks um, more enclosed. Um, she thought, she said, now let me ask you something. She pulled me aside very closely. Do you have like a BDSM thing going on here that I didn't know about all these years? <laughs> this, is, this is a 72-year-old straight woman. From North Carolina. Okay. A southern lady. What was your answer to her when she asked that question? I said, oh, it's really nothing. It, it's all very innocent. Yeah, some people consider, you know, jock straps, cock rings, slings, kind of kinkish. I, I think that's kind of standard in the gay days of our lives. Yesterday, I went over to a, a straight friend's house. He's my stereo buddy. And we ended up going out to dinner with Paul and Terry and our straight, my straight stereo buddy and Carl. 
So after it was over, and he went on to his other thing about 10 o'clock, he went downtown to see his friend perform at a, at a bar. He's a musician. Terry said, why would a straight guy want to hang around all evening with four gay guys? I don't have an answer for that. Do you? Or just more fun. What? Or more fun. <laughs> that may be. Like blondes. <laughs> <laughs> we, we went out to Rusty's to have some food. And I think he enjoyed the company. That's, that's one, of, mm -hmm. one of the things. And we're solid enough so that we're not running off or uh, saying, oh, let's get drunk guy, like his friends do. So we're, we're different. And if he's shopping around for who's going to be part of his friendship group here, he's recently moved here from Nashville, then uh, we'd be part of that. It's kind of like it's uh, kind of straight friend cruising. <laughs> and some, some people who you hook up with, you get on with for years at maybe different levels. At different you know? friendships, yeah. yeah. Or those, there are those who, no, I haven't seen him in six months or two years, or I don't hear from him. While he and I were driving around to get these speakers that he bought off Facebook Marketplace or something, I asked him uh, the question that we had brought up last week. Do straight people just instantly fuck and then decide, oh, we might be friends too, but do they instantly go to bed like we do and then determine whether or not there's going to be anything? So I put the question, that question kind of to him. No, I didn't say it quite that way, but pretty close. Oh, I forgot to give the warning at the beginning. <laughs> I'll put the warning in the podcast. There's some frank discussion and language on here, so it's rated R, PG-13. <clears throat> he said, his answer was, we usually hang out for a few hours before we decide whether or not we're going to. It's usually the, do you want to come up for a drink when you're dropping the woman off at home? I, at least that's what the movies lead me to believe. Yeah, I, did not, I didn't get the impression that that was the way it was handled. It was... Yes, but at that time, a question like that was kind of... Coded. Everybody knew uh, the answer to, yeah. Almost salacious. Yeah. Do you want to have sex? <laughs> so I, I told him that we had talked about this at the podcast and that we were curious if straight people were now behaving like gay people were. Would he be interested in coming on the podcast? I don't know. That would be, that, that could be pretty interesting. <laughs> I'm, I'll ask him. Licking my chops. Let's wait <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to overload him. Better. We don't want to blow yeah. him out of the water. We, we could blow it. That could happen. It, it, he could be blown out of the water. Well, he would make dinner first <clears throat> once before that. He said last night as he was leaving, he said, I'll make dinner for all of us at my house, I, quote, unquote. And, yeah, so and Paul and Terry, this was a send-off with Paul and Terry. So uh -huh. we'll drag you along, too, as our plus one. I think he would like to vary <laughs> his friendships. And we're certainly, we certainly fit that bill. The checkbox, the diversity <laughs> checkbox. <laughs> Old guys, gay guys, couples, I'm, gay couples. I arrived at his house yesterday. We turned on, fires turned on the turntable, and I'm, he said, what do you want to hear? Flip through those records. So he's got a truly eclectic record collection. 
I'm flipping through the records, and I saw this thing, and I thought, I wonder what that is. I've never heard of this guy. I flipped to the next one. He, about that time, he says, did you see that Patrick Cowley record in there? And I said, I did. He says, uh, we should play that. I said, okay. So I pull it up. Patrick Cowley, does that name ring a bell? No. No, didn't with me either. That's why I flipped past it. Patrick Cowley was this gay guy who died in 1982 at the age of 32 from HIV AIDS. We know that. He created, performed, wrote, edited the soundtracks to multiple gay porn movies. His friend John Coletti was a producer for Fox Studios. Not that Fox, a totally different Fox. Mm -hmm. The Silver Fox. This was in the old days before VHS and video had become really solidified. So there were a lot of old film, silent film, that was laying around on the shelves. And Coletti was brilliant. He took the silent films, cut them together to make a storyline, hired Cowley to create this heavy disco, your archetypal porn beat music. He generate he he's the first guy to do that. Wow. Oh, he was the first He was the first guy beats. to do that. Oh. So this is a double LP of Cowley's stuff, which So why does that why would he have this? Why would he have this? Yeah. Why would he have this? Hmm. And I opened the, it's a, he, oh, and I said, I was looking at the outside of it. And he said, uh, I said, wow, this is kind of interesting. And he said, open the inside and read it. So I open it up and here's all these posters from the movies, which I cannot even post on Facebook. I would get thrown off Facebook. These are pictures of naked guys with their giant cocks. Swing. Sucking each other and playing with each other. I gotta These, say, your your T-shirt is very reminiscent of all the VHSs. My right? v, yeah, Paul gave me this T-shirt. It's uh, the end labels of what are supposed to be Sony, Scotch, Fuji, Ampex, all the There's a half dozen TDK stacked up there. None of them have the actual logos. These are it's close. Reminiscent. They're far enough away they won't get sued for using a trademark. But anyway. So we played the Patrick Kelly record at his house, and we brought it back here and played it here on the big speakers here. So that was a, another real eye-opener, jaw-dropper. Well, he's in his 30s. Is yes, right? he's a millennial, early well, millennial. He, okay, so he's, uh, he's post-gay liberation. Correct. Uh, he's, he's of the, what he's heard his whole life is gay marriage and adoption and uh, mainstreaming of, of the whole subculture that he, that sounds pretty, a curious, smart individual. Why wouldn't, wouldn't you want to know something mm -hmm. about a foreign culture? Right. Okay. Now, you went to a wedding yesterday. Yes, sir. Tell, you want to tell us a little about that? Yeah, so I was at a wedding yesterday. I was the best man. It was a long-ass day, let me tell you. I started at 12 p.m. Uh, yesterday and didn't end until 2 a.m. today. Part yeah. for the course. Yeah, it was, it was a long day. And what happened during one of the traditional uh, post-wedding traditions. Oh, I caught the bouquet. You caught the bouquet. <laughs> caught the bouquet. And who tossed it? 
Um, my little cousin, the the bride. She's the bride. Okay. Yeah. How come? I thought the I thought the women bridesmaids were supposed well, to line she, up. She missed. She <laughs> missed, and it landed right in my lap. And so I guess I'm the next one to get married. And when uh, when you told Quincy about this, what happened? Quincy said, "Throw it back." Oh, I see. He's overjoyed. He, he feels about it about the same way I am. So is his uh, is his love capacity meter running on empty or? Uh, is it already pinned at full, or what? <laughs> no, what how do we I interpret think, that? I think that's just his comedy. I think yeah. um, neither one of us are really pushing for for marriage. If it happens, it, it happens. if it happens, it happens. But we, I, I definitely joke about it more, and I, I like half jokingly say things, well, and uh, he is more like a hundred percent in the opposite direction. Okay. Well, here's a pact that we could. You know, Here's a pact. If the two of you decide that, yes, indeed, you're going to get married, then so would we. We would join you all. We'd all go to Las Vegas. We'd all stand up for each other at the Elvis or one of the little marriage chapels they've got up there. Yay. We'd go all retro. Ooh, I like that. Are you going to mention this to Quincy at an opportune moment? Yes. I mean, Yes, you could both go and drag. You've got the. Ooh, we oh got the wig. We got the wigs. It would be fantastic. <laughs> we were discussing this at brunch with Paul and Terry today, and they are legally married to each other. They asked if we were. The answer, no. Terry said, "How do you have your house?" Or he. I said, "We have the house set as joint tenants, sole right of survivorship." He said, "You better be careful because." Whoever survives, the first one that passes and the other one lives, and the house passes to that person, they have to pay capital gains tax at the instant of transfer. And I said, no. He said, if you're married, you don't. If you're not, you do. What are you, You're shaking your head. You don't think that's accurate? I, I do not believe that's accurate. Okay. So we're going to write a letter to our lawyer and ask him, since we paid you $1,000 to draw up wills for us, we thought we could ask you this free question, or are you going to send us a bill for the answer to the question? But that is the question. So, um, I would ask Quincy. Ask Quincy? He would know. Quincy would know. Okay. So that is two unmarried people living in a home, sharing the deed, the both names on the deed, with joint tenants, sole right of survivorship in the state of Arizona, Will the property pass to the surviving person on the death of the other without any capital gains tax? That's the question. Yeah. On that difference, on whatever that equity is. Yes. Okay. And if you have the answer, write to us at gaydaysofourlives at gmail.com. And we'll throw all the answers up in the air and see which one lands. What else we got? Well, I have a, a sack full of dildos in the back of my car. Oh, that's right. We forgot. <laughs> so that's we have to figure out. We have to figure out what's going to happen to those. Did you look through those? I did not. We'll bring those out afterward. Uh, we could bring them in. We could put the thing on pause, bring them inside right now, and describe them. <laughs> do we want to do that or not? I may have to dig a large hole in the wash and bury them. <laughs> Who... Did, was it Andy said that he did that, or Stewart said he did that? Stewart 
Yes. Yes. In a in a similar no, situation. He trash can. He took everything out of the trash can. He, he didn't want to put it in the trash. He didn't want anyone to find it, so he wanted to make sure that even if someone looked in his trash, they wouldn't find it. They would have to dig through. This leads me to a uh, idea that I've thrown out to Quincy. So, I um, so my personal living situation, you all know. So I help take care of my grandmother. You know, she's she's doing well on her 84th year of life, oh, and. Wow. Uh, you know, she, she has dementia. She goes in every room, relocates everything, and it's just one of those daily struggles. So I have put a, a electronic door lock on my bedroom door because I know she won't remember the code and she won't go in to, <clears throat> to find all my jock straps and sex paraphernalia. So if and when I were to you know, die when say she was alive still or anybody went into the house to clear out my bedroom, I've given the code to a few people, Quincy being one of them. I said, if something happens to me, you're the first one in that room to get rid of everything in the yellow box. Don't, you know, if you want it, it's yours, but just get rid of everything. He's like, all right, understood. This is 20 pounds of dildos and uh, pretty heavy duty nipple clamps. Ones that Stuart tried and could not handle. He couldn't even let go I, I of them. Think I would be able yeah, to they're either. and they're not adjustable either. They they're they, they fixed. are tissue crushers. Yeah, yeah. And there's some uh, that's way different. It's not like that. It's way different than that. Yeah, it's like that. Yeah, yeah. And there's, uh, I only, I remember the giant, bigger than, larger than life <laughs> dildo thing, which Stuart said, I don't think Andy ever actually used this. It's more for show that you just put it as a centerpiece on your kitchen table and see what <laughs> the reaction is. It's a party favor, yeah. There were other, I didn't really They're look. not cheap either. No. The giant, larger than life ones? Yeah, I've heard. I've, I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. in his sex life. Hmm? And he invested in his sex life. He did. A $350 sling, and yeah. we don't know what he paid for those things. Very comfy, by the way. We all uh, sat in it, or lay in it, or however the word is. And would we describe it as... Suspended. Suspended. And Carl and Daniel figured out how to put it together. There were no instructions. They're long gone. And Stuart was... Doubt. No, I wouldn't Not say helpful. he was doubtful. Yeah. <laughs> he had no idea Stuart how to put it together. He's overwhelmed. He's overwhelmed. He, is, he, he truly is, is overwhelmed. Coming down here yeah. the first time, yeah. and now he's back with the new car to begin uh, the real aftermath process, and it's quite a, quite daunting. Yeah. So he had this nineteen or twenty twenty one Subaru Outback, which is. Abyss blue metallic. Now, what is abyss? What is that? Just if I said my car is abyss blue metallic, what does that I'm mean? Saying black, blacker than night. Uh, okay, it's it's so, a dark blue. Yeah. It's some kind of dark blue. But Carl's car is actually darker. His is sapphire blue, and it's darker, so it's lighter, a shade lighter than sapphire. Anyway, it's orient blue. I keep saying sapphire. What car is? Who had a sapphire blue? Anyway. Oriental blue. I said, Stuart. Orient. 
I said, have you, what does the motor look like? He said, I don't know. I said, are you telling me you've had this car for a month, driven it through snow, driven it down here from Colorado, and you've never opened the hood? That is correct. I've never opened the hood. Would you, would you buy a car without looking at the motor? Oh, I mean, you gotta, yeah. Would you date someone without looking at their... Their dildo, yeah. Yeah. I was pretty surprised that Stuart had not even looked at the motor. So I said, here, we're going to look at the motor right now. And he got all flustered. So I reached in and I pulled on a handle and the fuse cover promptly fell off in my hand. (laughs) And it was a... not engender confidence. No. It was a struggle to get it back on. I got it back on and we opened the hood and we looked at the motor. So it's a 2.5 flat four with no transmission filler tube, but he wanted to make sure everything was in order. I think he was glad we did, so. We did do the song last time, Mm -hmm. didn't we? We missed one, we forgot the song one week, and uh, so I'm, and I, the other week I forgot the actual intro, so this time. remember last week. What? When we had Mauricio do the E. The poor man. I don't even know the song. <laughs> he, he gave us a nice E. He gave us a perfectly good E, which he we slept from. Yeah. So. That was great. Who does the first? Uh, who does the first letter? You. I do. L is for the way you look at me. O is for the only one I see. B is very, very extraordinary. E is even more than you adore. And with that, we will say good night and bada bing, bada boom.